Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. I assume you want me to do that. And good morning. We're live, everybody. Good morning. Brent, go ahead and post that. A little late start today due to some technical issues. Yes. Technical issues like? Well, the, the battery died on the laptop. Yes. And so now we're like we're hanging on by a thread. That's so what happens <laughs> when you take a week off. <laughs> right. Oh, that probably is, yeah. yeah that's what happens when you sit home and eat turkey yeah, right. instead of come to table talk. Yeah. Just yeah, we want to apologize to our tens of listeners who were disappointed yeah. last week that yeah. we didn't actually have a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> if you noticed. I, I uh, think 10 might be more appropriate than tens. <laughs> well. You know, and, yeah. and that even might be an overstatement. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it was yeah. kind of weird being off last week. It was. It feels longer than a week off. Like, yeah. Just, doesn't it? Yeah, feels like we took a year. Yeah, we went from fall to winter, and a lot of stuff happened. So Yeah, and we might get, you know, 18 feet of snow tonight. No, According Chad. to the weather service, we'll no. see how it goes. <laughs> We're not getting there is snow feet. on the ground right now, which is kind of... Yeah. A little bit. A little bit irritating to me. Yeah. But, but my uh, my dealio was saying, like, no snow today. So oh. it was kind of weird to wake up and huh. see snow. Yeah, I had a, I had a weather... And it still uh, said no snow when I looked I've, at it this morning. I have two different weather apps, and, and they both had... Each had a different winter oh, advisory. Yeah. One was down to 3,500 feet, which is well below us, yeah. uh, of up to like eight inches of snow. And then the other was 4,500 feet, uh, and then 5,000 feet, it was like 20 inches or something like that. Huh. It was like... So anyway, we'll huh. see. Huh. Yep, it's out there. Yeah. Which, it's kind of about time. Yeah. You fellas have a good Thanksgiving. Anything important to report? <laughs> Turkeys, Turkeys came out. turned out, yeah. Ours didn't get cooked. It was too big, dude. So it just uh, it took forever to cook on the Traeger spatchcock. took forever. So everyone was hungry and getting kind of like. What temp did you go with there? Uh, she, uh, the woman uh, did it. She looked it up. and <laughs> this woman you gave me? Guys? The woman yep. you gave you so, set the temperature? So I, I do the surgery, right? <laughs> yeah. I do the autopsy, and then uh, she does the cooking oh. and i think that internally it was supposed to get up to like uh i want to say like 260 or something oh, oh, gosh, 160. Once, 160. okay 160 i knew it was 260 60. would be that'd be see terrible. that's why i said don't ask <laughs> yeah. me these questions something 60 and it just was like hit like 40 something and just wouldn't crawl there man it was weird so it, we it was late we ate late people were irritated mm. you know and uh yeah <laughs> it was okay i, I i'm kind of set against like just regular turkey again like i'm not I'm not a big fan of smoked turkey. You know, here's the thing. Turkey is not very good. Right. Well, no. You got to do something to it to so make it better. So it's just, no matter what you do, it's just at the end of the day, it's turkey. But I, so. I, would, I found that it's, it's even not, it's worse smoked. Yeah. I, I'm good with it being I in, disagree the, with that. in the spinner. I like, I, I could go either way, but, yeah. but mine turned out pretty good this year compared to not last good. year wasn't good. So yeah, not good. Yeah. I had a minor crisis. My trigger went down on Wednesday the night before, and uh, we got it fixed. Crisis averted, and turkey turned out great. Nice. Dinner was an hour late, so the turkey was cold You know, by the time we ate it. We ate on time, guys. I run a tight ship. Not really. It's a flat coincidence, but yeah. sometimes it happens. And yeah, this, this, year, wasn't, this wasn't my ship to run, which is this why year, it wasn't on time. This year it kind of happened. Well, here's the thing. is like there's no shortage of food, right? So, oh, no. So when people were getting, like, irritated that – 
the food was late. It's like there's a whole <laughs> bar of food in there that you guys have been eating for the last like four hours. Right. How can you be starving? I've kind of hit the only sad, in America. I've hit the sad stage in my life where one plate is all I can do now. I used to be able to, you know, Thanksgiving you could go back three times, right. and uh, I, I can't. So you one plate, you got to make it count. Well, yeah, I mean, you, and then you always, you know, you have to have all the things, and then you got to manage properly so that you have. Because I like the perfect bite every time, sure. you know, where you got the, you're not going to like this, David, but the stuffing, you got the green bean casserole, you got a little bit of the cranberry, the turkey, you know, it, it all has to kind of happen at the same time. And if you don't plan out your plate right. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I ran out of stuffing a little early this time. Yeah. And it was kind of sad. <laughs> but then I couldn't go back because I That's was That's a real shame. Yeah. Yeah. David's like, what do you, what, what, what do you actually eat on the, just turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes? Okay. It's usually gravy. rolls with butter. There's okay. M- there's usually potatoes, you know, twice baked. No gravy. Potatoes or no butter. Okay. <laughs> Turkey with butter. <laughs> like those are kind of oh corn. There's usually corn with this all garlic up with butter. <laughs> so that's that's what we do, man. It's yeah. a butter theme, bro. All right. With my butter ball. Did you have all the <laughs> normal stuff for all the other people that aren't weird? Oh yeah. It, well, everybody else in my family likes weird stuff. Yeah. So there's a, a conglomeration of. Sweet Stuff potatoes. you can adventure into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not me. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and then pre-dinner is, you know, salamis <laughs> or summer sausage with good, like, a cheese ball, like a port wine with some crackers. And I'm already full by the time dinner comes, usually. Yeah. So. Sounds pretty tasty. I love it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, d- I'm down with it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, well it was good to have the week off and, and hang out with family. It was good and, to have uh, the week off. We have much to be thankful for, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're back today. Now we're back. Podcast. We're back with a vengeance. Take it away, Chad. With a vengeance. Wow. With a vengeance. That kind of fits into what we're talking about. That's our today. segue. Yeah. Yeah. Vengeance. vengeance. That's what we should have titled this. Back with a vengeance. <laughs> we can edit we can edit that later. <laughs> it wouldn't have made sense though to the top. <laughs> Scream <laughs> screaming for vengeance? <laughs> yeah. That's, sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, so just I questions. guess to, to dive in. So so I read read some articles this week and a couple of quotes just kind of jumped out at me. Old Ted um, Cruz. Yeah, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz. The old Ted Cruz. Um I don't I, like I don't know him well enough to know like what his religious persuasion is. I'm assuming he's a Christian, but I don't Southern know. Baptist. You know what kind of is he really? No, I don't know. Okay, I, I don't no know. Idea. I have no idea. But he, he's uh, still around. He's still he active. Is. Yeah, he's still doing his thing. And yeah. um, he he dropped a quote this week that says this: it "says America desperately needs a spiritual revival. The church needs to be active and engaged. So many pastors are afraid of offending anyone in their congregation. If you have a pastor and what, or if you are a pastor and what you say on Sunday morning offends nobody, you're doing it wrong." And then he, he goes on later on to talk about like milk toast sermons and you know thing, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got me thinking about you know like what what is the role of the pastor and what what does like boldness from the pulpit look like? What does leadership from the pulpit look like? Well, what uh, does America desperately needs a spiritual revival look yeah. like? Right. Yeah. What what does that look <laughs> like, like? To me, that's the um, that's the one that stands out. Sure. In the quote, like that's the line that stands out because he he definitely means something by sure. that. Right, and yeah, it yeah. may be different than what I think this is worth. Well, and he, right. he has a way that he thinks it should be accomplished. Exactly. Right, and that's—I don't disagree with his statement. I think the statement's correct. I think the second half of the statement's all right. I think, I we think would, the end of the statement's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we would. Uh, I think we would go completely different directions on how to accomplish this. Right, so exactly. 
So, so yeah. let's talk about that for a second. Or, what do you, or why we're trying to accomplish it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, what, what do you, and this is some speculation here, but like, what do, what do you think he means by this statement? Like, what, what do you think Ted Cruz has in mind as far as a spiritual revival and what that even is? Christendom. Yeah. He's wanting to Christianize America. Like make America great again, and which what, means what would to that him, look like? it means everybody kind of thinking the same way, living the same way, um, towing the line morally, um, you know, laws sure. being in place that are agreeable to him. Like it, it's all those things. Yeah, he he wants things to be like doable. Yeah, I think that's fair for him. Yes. I think there's yeah. a, there's that ethic of, and I'm, I got in trouble last time I said this, but Judeo Christian values. That's that, not a real thing. <laughs> that's what somebody <laughs> said, and it's like it's absolutely a real thing. So if you're listening, just don't don't even go there. You just got them. I know. You're there. Um, but there was this this idea that we want to get back to these Judeo Christian ethics and values. You know, the Ten yeah. Commandments. The, this yeah, kind of a understood were. morality. Yeah, the way things were. Which one could argue they never were really that way completely. I mean, there was definitely sure. more of it. I mean, you kind of. But um, anyway, I think that's where he's going with it. Yeah, agreed. And so, so what do you guys think of the word revival while we're on it? Yeah. Uh, I'm for it. <laughs> it's just like like I've heard, I've seen like the write ups on it. Like it's not even really a biblical concept. Like obviously yeah. you, you you see times the gospel goes out and people are saved, but that the American idea of revival is kind of an interesting one. Sure, as as if like. Uh, as if God really makes strides through like these um, these events, rather right. than He's always making kingdom strides right. <laughs> through the gospel. Right. Anyway, that's a whole other. No, I think, I think it, that's a it also assumes point. there was a, there was something that was dormant that's been awakened. Sure. And and I, when I think of what the church is um, from the time you know of its inception till now, um, there's definitely been times of darkness. You know, it appeared to be yeah. dormant, yeah. but it never has been. It's it's always been. It's always there's always been many revivals here and there. I mean, there's always been things going on, and I I don't think we always hear about it. You yeah, know, all the things that go on, but we look for those big events, and I think we try to schedule these things like yes. according to our sure. timetable, yeah. as opposed to you know. Yeah, what well, God's we hear doing. we hear yeah, it. we set up tents for them and everything. Yeah, <laughs> put a sign up. We're having a revival tonight. Yeah. we hear it in the in the uh, the pastor gatherings too, like even locally. Yeah. Like, this is a, a huge theme, like, with local pastors in Central Oregon, where you're always, the prayers that are always being prayed and the and the, the hopes that are always being talked about are that revival would come to bend. And it's like, how about y'all are just faithful with the Word of God doing what right. you're doing? Like, people are going to keep getting saved. <laughs> but again, I mean? it, it goes back to what they think revival means. Yeah, that's, if a, that's it means, my point. If it means souls being saved, yes. then, then we're all on the same page. If yes. it means yeah. Christianizing the nation... Yes. And and this and that's this goes down to now. I wasn't. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but we've talked about this before. It, depending on how you view end times, so there's the post mill camp that there's the idea that we're going to usher in this golden age that everything is going to continue to get better and better and better. The glory of God is going to cover the nations, and, and once that happens, then Christ returns. So we're that's if that's your viewpoint, and then you also have the new apostolic reformation group, Bethel, those groups um, that have this idea of the seven mountain mandate which is we're going to conquer seven mountains in society and it's, it's education and media and arts and, you know, all the things, all the mountains. I can't, there's yeah. a, there's a list of government, them. government, yeah, family, religion. And once we conquer these seven mountains again, then Christ returns. Uh, even though post mill, most people that are post mill and most people that are dominion theology are completely different in every other aspect of their theology. They have this in common. And if you believe that, then it changes everything that you set out to do sure. as a Christian. You need to get involved in 
all of society and, and make a difference so that you Christianize and, and, and you moralize. You need to change the courthouses. You need to change the right. school district. You need to change, ba- yeah, basically everything. And that sounds great. Don't, don't misunderstand me. That sounds great, but it's the method that we go about it may not be saving, you know, actually preaching the gospel. It might, the gospel may not, it may not be the means to do that. It's all, it's, you've got to think about all kinds of other means to do that. Yeah. And that's where I, I think this disconnect happens with, like, even what Ted Cruz is bringing out. Sure. I think they think that there is a method to make that happen. And, and it's not the gospel. Right. And I think that's an exercise in absolute futility. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes, too, we look at Let's revival as, as an event, <laughs> right, R- rather than kind of this state of being. Yes. Um, you know, to, to your point, like the church has always been doing its thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes in prominence, sometimes kind of in the shadows and underground, you know, throughout time and history and, and different parts of the world. But, but the church has always been doing its thing and God has always been at work. Uh, and so there's an argument that, you know, like revival has been continual. It's right. not always in ways that we can see or ways that seem, you know, obvious. Yeah. And well, like, we, we should probably mention, too, for, like, some people that don't know, like, we, we've seen, like, Christendom before. Like, in, I mean, you could argue that Constantine's Rome was like that picture mm-hmm. where it went from, like, Rome's, Rome's killing Christians to, like, killing people who don't become Christian almost Yeah. when Constantine like popularized. So we, we've seen the great awakening, like, the reformation. Yes. So we've seen society and culture, um, like Christianized before. And it wasn't, wasn't great. Like on right. a lot of levels, <laughs> like it, it wasn't, it wasn't the thing. It wasn't the event. It obviously yeah, yeah. wasn't what God is doing. He's doing something even better than that. Right. You know? Right. Um, yeah, so so we would agree that America desperately needs a spiritual revival, maybe just not in the way that that Cruz and other people think about it. Yeah, at the end of the day, if somebody isn't born born again, born from above, born of the Spirit, however you want to say it, regenerated, their eyes are open to the kingdom, and their hearts changed, um, you're not going to see a true no. a true change in people right. and, and in society. That's that's what changes right. things. Yeah, but but, but on a practical level. Like the love for our kids, the love for our grandkids, the love for their kids when they have them. Like we want to see them live oh, and sure. experience Absolutely. a world, a culture, a society that's not looking like this one does. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. So like it, it's okay that we feel that way, that we want something better for them. But like it matters where we tell them that's found. Absolutely. Like that, like that matters. That's the bigger thing. Yeah, is instead of trying to produce that for them, making sure they know why it looks the way it does right now and where that is found. Right. So, so you're saying like the American dream and the Christian dream are two different That's things. Wait, wait, yes. what? Yeah, <laughs> no way. We we lump them into the same thing, and it's, it's right. they're, they're different things. They're different. Absolutely. Things. And again, I feel like like Cruz would like them to be the same thing. Right. With this quote. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of kind of conservative Americans would totally. like those to be. The why same can't we thing. have? Why can't we have them both now? Right. Well, it felt like we did for a long time, and, yes, and in did. many ways, when I think about the America that I grew up in, it was pretty. I don't know, Ozzy and Harriet. Like it was you know? godless, but it was tame. Uh, but <laughs> like it was livable. But then you also think, okay, how much of this stuff was still going on? At, you know, during that entire time, sure. But it wasn't just right in your face. Right. It wasn't prominent in society. Well, it wasn't acceptable. So it was hidden. Yeah. Right? It was around the corner and in the shadow. Yeah. But it's it was there. Like, people right. were still going to hell. Godlessness still existed. Yeah. Corruption still existed. It was just more tame. Well, and you do see that, you know, these patterns of, of God restraining evil and then God kind of letting it, let, you know, taking his hand away. And it yeah. seems like that's what we're seeing in our country right now. And I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of us do. No. But, it, again, it's not where I'm placing my hope. So Right. 
So crew, go, were you gonna say something? Heck no. no. That was a that <laughs> was like a <laughs> like we may move. That was on. like a, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to read Isaiah? No. no. <laughs> so so crew says Jay, that, that the read? church needs to be active and engaged, which I don't think we would disagree with that statement. But again, what, you know what's meant by that? And I guess I would just ask you guys, like, what what does it look like for the church to be active and engaged in? Culture. Again, I feel like this is a statement that he would define completely different than right. I would define it. Yeah. So, like, to be active and engaged means to not be separatists and to not be quiet and to not to not put our our, our candle under a bushel. Sure. That's <laughs> Jesus would say. No. That's what it means. The gospel needs to be um, uh, dispensed, and the way that the church dispenses the gospel is by being engaged with culture and society. Yeah. He means, I think, is that we need to get out there and we need to start voting different. We need to start putting dif- different legislature in place. Yep. We need to, you know, get our schools back on track. Like he means, like all those things. Sure. Like grassroots things. And I'm, th- I'm just thinking the gospel needs to be actively and uh, going out. So, so you're talking about just Christians being Christians in the middle of society. Yes. Yes. Yeah, when yeah. in that passage, gospel that. carriers, yeah. Matthew Imagine five, ministers of reconciliation. Yeah. The you know the passage you're referring to is Matthew five, where he tells us to be salt and light in the world, and the idea is that as people see the difference in us, they see our good works, they see the you know the way that we live, they see Christ in us effectively, and then they glorify God who is in heaven. It's going to draw them to the kingdom, and that's yeah. that's. So, do we have an obligation to live morally upright and and to stand for righteousness in our in our you know towns and societies and culture? Absolutely. And hopefully that triggers something in somebody. You know, it's it's a it's a gospel opportunity yeah. when that when that comes sure. about. And and that's not the same thing as maybe what Cruz is getting at. Something along the lines of like the church organizing protests and things like that. It like, means like, like again, the, kind yeah. of going back to events, being activists, things like right? that. Yeah, being like activists. I feel I feel like they they're yeah. like his push would be like you, we need to be Activism. good conservative. Yeah activists right and and in fairness there are some people christians that are called to there are politics that are called to these kinds of things you know there's there's always going to be people that i think god selects to, to do these things sure. uh, but the marching orders that have been given to the christian you know your everyday regular christian is the great commission yeah um, to make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey all that christ commands yeah and and that's what we're to be about and that's a far cry from activism Correct. That's that's the role of the yeah, church. Yeah, that's a different it's kind of activism. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's. I guess the, you know, we're we're trying to accomplish the same thing, but maybe we're, we're trying to accomplish through the gospel. But and, see, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not so sure we are. Well, to I, again, will somebody thing. become aware of sin and aware of you know unrighteousness and aware of these things? I mean, how are you going to change somebody's heart to right. where they desire the things of God? Only the gospel. Only the gospel. Only yeah, the that's gospel. What I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then he goes on to saying, here, here's the money. Right, if you're a pastor and what you say on Sunday morning offends nobody, you're doing it wrong. I agree with that. Yeah, I think I there's a lot of pastors, that, but I, again, I don't think with. he's. I think what he wants us to say that would be offensive to people is not the same thing that we're thinking. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so what? What kind? I remember when I when I was a, a young youth pastor, just right out of the gate, I had a uh, an older pastor that I looked up to, and I and I just asked him one day, like, "Hey, do you have any advice for me as I'm you know getting into the ministry?" and his big advice, his profound advice, was uh, decide now who you're going to offend and offend them. And, and what he wasn't saying is, like, set out on a mission to be offensive, <laughs> right? What, what, what he was saying is that, like, the gospel, like, if you're going to be, you know, a proclaimer yeah, of the yeah. gospel, like, the gospel is going to be offensive. And, like, yeah. get comfortable with that now yeah. that, that, you know, the word of God is offensive. Yeah, they hated me. They, you know, they're going to hate right. you also. So right? Settle but, in and get used to yeah. it, right? <clears throat> 
Yeah. Um, I didn't understand that at the time. It was a while before I understood, you know, that's what he was getting at. But like, <laughs> so for a while you were just defending everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I'm good. At oh, that. that's not what he means. <laughs> but he's he's specifically talking about a pastor who's preaching, who has a a pulpit platform on a Sunday morning. So yep. he's he's actually speaking of that guy to the people sitting in the church, yep. right? So yep. he's I would assume that he's he's uh, assuming just the the political mix, right? That is in the church today due to that guy not giving a clear political sure stream. Okay, yeah, yeah, All I right. think so. Well, there, there's plenty of pastors <laughs> out there that would that would say the same thing. That like, if you're not standing up and, and fighting for the rights of America and fighting for you know those guys, if that's not what you're using, if your you don't have to a do, flag on a flagpole well, next to the pulpit. Yeah, and and we get criticized for that from time to time. Um, and, and our rationale is we're here to, to proclaim Christ crucified yep. to both sides of the aisle, and, and we're not trying to alienate one entire group by bringing this kind of stuff into the pulpit. That's the, th- that's the thing, is if the Great yeah. Commission matters most, if that's our marching orders, you're automatically being disobedient to the Great Commission by drawing political lines. Right. You're, actually right. Like, you're actually like ostracizing the group of people who need... The Great Commission. Well, and if you really think Rocked that other it. side is is corrupt, <clears throat> and you want to reach them and make them not corrupt, <laughs> guess what means we? I mean, right. then don't <laughs> deprive them of the gospel. Don't even get me yeah. started, bro. Because you know, but I think both sides are corrupt, yeah. and I'm yeah. corrupt, and you're corrupt, and yeah, we're all corrupt. You know, we all need Christ. Well, yet. I don't know about me, but both sides, <laughs> both big parties are. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Keller that once said something along the lines that, that the gospel uh, comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. I've heard that yeah. before. I like it. It sounds like a Kellerism. I don't. I think I've heard it before him too. But yeah. it's one of those that I think everybody gets credit for. Right? Spurgeon yeah, yeah, said yeah. it. Yeah. Luther Some, somebody said once it. said. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it. <laughs> uh, Tim Keller slash Michael Scott. Yeah. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So so the uh, so the gospel is is offensive. The word of God is offensive to people, and and you know. But I think I think we have kind of a strain of pastors that they kind of take it upon themselves to make it their, their mission in life yeah. to, to be offensive. I was going to say right? that that also doesn't mean that we, that our goal every time we go somewhere or open our mouths to preach or whatever it is, is to offend somebody. Right. Like even that word, like I think to offend can mean that even someone agrees with what you're saying, but it's rubbing them wrong due to sure. something inside of themselves. Right? right. Where today just offensive is like, Oh, I disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. Like you, or you hurt my feelings. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, preaching the gospel, like you, if you're doing it faithfully, like it's gonna rub, it's gonna rub me wrong, right? And and I I want it's actually I actually like it, right? When it, happens. Yeah, it should, yeah, yeah. yeah if, if it doesn't, we're not. That's what we're not doing, yeah. right? Is if the gospel doesn't rub up against people, we're yeah. we're doing something yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's truth cleansing us is right. the offense. Yeah, yeah. that's the beauty of um, the way we teach, you know, on Sunday mornings as far as um, expositorily through a book of the Bible. Um, we're naturally going to run across things that are going to be offensive to people. To everybody. To everybody. Yeah. Uh, we're not picking and choosing. We're, we're equal not opportunity in, including, offenders. Including the preachers. Yeah, including <laughs> us as we're preparing. We're the know, first like, ones offended. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Yes. But I, I love that. We don't really get the choice of not offending. If you're yeah. if you're going to teach expositorily, you're going to offend. Yeah. Right. And, and there's not, you know, I mean, you can you can water a sermon down. You can, you can take truth and really, you know, subdue it. But there's really no reason for us to really worry about this if... If we're yeah, if we faithful, let this right. do what it yeah, does, right. like everybody is in trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, it, and then, yeah. It, but here's the thing. This is what I've noticed, and I'm. This is all kind of. <laughs> we're just we're, we're moving around here. Um, pe- people in general want like this confident, bold voice, you know, kind of person to lead them. 
um, they, they crave it. They, you know, and, and on one hand, like if, if this is what we're seeing, I think in the church right now, you've got people, there's this, if you're in the Twitter sphere, you're going to see this kind of thing going on between Doug Wilson's church and Moscow. Uh, they're calling it the Moscow mood. Kevin DeYoung just wrote this article saying that, um, they're, they're kind of almost too over the top yeah. with some of their language and some of the way they're going about things. And then they're coming back his followers are coming back and saying the way that they've responded to each other has been fantastic by the way, but the followers of each group are the right. ones that are getting weird. Um, but, but basically accusing then Kevin DeYoung's group and uh, the Gospel Coalition of being w- wusses and wimpy. And um, and so you've got both of these things going on. And it's a really weird thing to think about for, you know, where do you land yeah. on this thing? You know, because there is something to be said for a confident, um, authoritative leader with, with a voice and something to say. And, and then there's also, you know, when you've got somebody that's like afraid to say anything or doesn't want to, I don't want to, you know, they're very careful all the time. And there's something kind of obnoxious about that. But it's almost like, both extremes can can get to be a problem. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do yeah. with it. So, wi- like wisdom seems that's where like something like wisdom would actually make its entrance, right? Yeah. yeah. Because this in and of itself is not bad, and this in and of itself is not bad. But knowing when to insert what and when to walk in what, right, and how to do it requires wisdom. So it's not really one of those things where where it's like you you shouldn't yeah, it's be not bold an either or, <laughs> and you shouldn't right. be careful, right? It's like it's the it's the dove you know, snake thing. Yeah. But in a culture where we, um, basically are being accused of toxic masculinity and, yeah. and patriots to patriarchal, whatever, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and then you've got, I don't know you, people. I think some of us are extra, probably me, but we get really worried and careful. Like I don't want to come across that way. Right. So I better make sure that, you know, I pull back a little bit this direction. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, who do you emulate? And and the answer yeah. always comes back to the same person. Yeah. Right. And, and it's great. the one who Absolutely. did boldness <laughs> and gentleness perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, so the, there's the wisdom thing is like, how yeah. did, how did he make those things yeah. work? Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, a Doug Wilson or a Driscoll, there are these guys out there that they gain followers for sure uh, because of their, I don't know, there's there's something about that that yeah, they're, they're bold, they're confident, they have some charisma, yeah, almost even almost even like bullies at times, you know, in the yeah, way that yeah. they're they're well, treating. That, that's obviously not and, good, yeah. but it is it is good to to have somebody who's gonna charge something, yeah, and not they're sure of why they're charging it and who they're charging it for, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to get behind someone like that. We all need to get behind someone like that, and praise God, you know, Jesus was that person, but he also raises up people in history that, that resemble that, too, and do it well. There's, right. there's times that we need people to charge a beach, man, you know? Yep. So, But well, we don't want them to be bullies. We don't right. want them, them to just be jerks. They yeah. still need to be Christ-like yeah, yeah. in how they charge the beach. Well, and the funny thing is a lot of those guys that, that maybe are this way, uh, it's probably their, the way God's gifted them is, is a strength, and it's probably you know the way that their nature is in nature. Sure. Right. Uh, it's bold. Yeah, it's strength you know, and it's, weakness. It's their the weakness, you know. For it's sure. like you got to really be careful how you come across. For sure. Yeah. And, and, of course, there's people out there that are only going to find the, the, the areas of weakness and the areas where you yes. blew it and highlight those in, right. you know, in the media and never look at the good things that are going on. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's well, a good segue into a Kevin DeYoung quote? It actually came from uh, so, so Kevin DeYoung wrote this article about Doug Wilson, and, and Doug Wilson is one of these guys that's out there, kind of you know fighting the culture wars out front. And he is uh, a post mill guy, by the way, which yeah. I mentioned. So he right. believes that we're going to Christianize, we're going to usher in this yeah, golden he's era. He's creating a neo Geneva. Yes, over in Moscow. Yeah, he is. Well, I've never and heard if you don't know about Geneva, that's a new term. Well, Calvin's yeah. Geneva was, you know, the non-separation <laughs> yeah, yeah. between church and state, so it was right. all the same thing, and there was a lot of. There's a lot of weirdness yeah. that came with that. And Moscow's almost looks like it could be that. Sure. Okay. And, and so Wilson, like he, he's acting according to his theology, right, doing, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kevin DeYoung uh, wrote an article, uh, kind of a, a 
a charitable, if you will, critique of, of Doug Wilson uh, had a lot to do with just kind of coarse language and the tone in which he engages culture and those kinds of things. And then Doug Wilson even said that it was, uh, uh, I forget the word that he used, but something along the lines of a charitable, um, you know, kind of rebuke. He from did. Kevin it, to Young. Just in case you haven't seen it, uh, just to paint a small yeah. picture, the, uh, every year Doug Wilson puts out this, he calls it No, no Quarter, Quarter November, November, where it's like yeah. it's the one time of the year where he can just kind of be brazen. And uh, and it's like he's brazen all year round. But that's okay. But in um, no Quarter November, it, he can get out of flame. It's kind of like his rant. It's the rant, right? Like it, rant, it is. rant Wednesday or whatever you want to call the, it. But the, like, the promos for yeah. it basically yeah. show him like in a field with a cigar hanging out of his mouth. And, and a, not that there's anything wrong with that. And a, <laughs> and a flamethrower. You know, and it's just this very, you know, over the top. It's over the manly, top. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Having a flamethrower with a cigar. <laughs> I mean, there's part of me that wants to. <laughs> Right. I don't know if he lights the cigar with Rambo. a thrower or how that works. Yeah. You just got bullets thrown yeah. across, across <laughs> But it's it's over the top, like, you know, machismo kind of a thing, which again, I see the appeal to a lot of people. Sure. Like, hey, we've got somebody that's going to leave. It can come gonna... off insensitive yeah. in ways. Yes. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not contextually. Maybe not. Yeah. A good yes. thing to and that, do. that was part of what DeYoung was getting yes. at. Is like, like, Does he play the... Zeppelin too? Like, don't, didn't they have No Quarter? Like a song called No Quarter? <laughs> they do have a song. Just play yeah. A very okay. good song. But no. So DeYoung writes this critique about this, and it was, you know, like I think it was well done. You know, he he got a lot of flack for it, but but I think it was well done. But but, but one quote from the article. So I read this Cruz quote, and then uh, that same evening I read this quote from Kevin Young in the article, and it says this: "We must never forget that no matter how important Western civilization may be, we are all still sojourners and exiles in the world. Mm. The most important fight is the fight of faith, not the fight for Christendom. The Christian life must be shaped by a theology of the cross, however much we may prefer an ever-present theology of glory. That means blessing through persecution, strength through weakness, and life through death. Yeah, I mean, you can, you just you can just drop the mic after the first right. sentence. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's that says it all to me. It does, and that's my biggest challenge. Like say that to Ted Cruz. That's my biggest <laughs> challenge with with a a, reforma- a reformation um, culturally and socially in America is that first sentence. Yeah. Is like the biblical theme to the church is always one that is looking ahead. Yep. And not looking here. So, right. That doesn't mean and, and again, people can take that and go, well that's don't do anything then. You know what yeah. I mean? That's not what I'm saying, but this is always true. Yeah. We're sojourners, we're foreigners, we're exiles, we're aliens yeah. here in this place. Yeah. This is not our promised land. What do you think a post-milled person does with that? Because they appear to be putting roots down here. They're settling in for the long haul. No, it looks like they're reforming. They're making things right that have been broken for the long haul. Yeah. So I mean, how I don't, what do they think when it says we're sojourners and foreigners? I don't know. I've never. I've never I don't know because they're them. smarter than yeah. us. Like Doug Wilson's <laughs> rad, dude. Like I actually like Doug. Well, Wilson. Durbin and some of those guys from they're, they're, they're awesome. They're, they're, they know their Bibles, man. They're yeah. not stupid. Yeah, like they, and they love God. Yeah. they love yeah. Jesus. And, they and love I've never heard anybody in that camp address that question. But well, it is because it, it it doesn't it changes things. If we're just passing through and trying to grab as many people, you know, that are on. Yep. you know, this side of the line to come with us into the kingdom. Um, it's pretty clear how we go about that, the preaching of the gospel. And yes. I know these guys preach the gospel, so don't misunderstand. Sure. I, I know they do that. But it's like if we think we're, we're setting down roots for the long haul yeah. and making everything better, um, it just changes everything, you you know, the way you go about doing things. Yeah. This is why I said I a couple of weeks ago, like we were talking about, you were like, I forget the question, like if there's something you could reform in the church today. And yeah. I think I, t- I spoke to America, like yeah, the did. idea of kingdom. Like, if, if I could just reform, like, everybody's idea of kingdom and give them a biblical idea of kingdom, like, it would answer so many other things. And and that's what I feel like uh, I don't get with these guys, right. how they actually view it, because sojourners, 
exiles. Like when that's said by Peter, you're thinking immediately, you're thinking back to the wilderness. wilderness. You're thinking to the Exodus. Yep. You're thinking what they were traveling through and what life was like and how they were to look at that while they were on the way to that which was going to be final, right? right? That final place of blessing. And so clearly, like you're getting a parallel here of the church going through the wilderness. And so, um, you know, man is collected. It's not like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it it goes away every day. They're not hoarding it. Like there's all kinds of like weird little parallels that you can make to how you view this thing that we're in the midst of right now. I would, I would be curious too. I'm with you guys. Yeah. Dan, we need like, to get, what are the, what are let's call guys? Dan Dillard and have him on. Have him on with us. <laughs> Actually, Dan would probably <laughs> have school, some good things to I say. I don't want him on here. He's cool as all, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's so awesome. <laughs> we should have Dan on well, I'm, I'm sure Wilson and DeYoung both listen to our podcast, so maybe they'll Maybe respond. they'll chime in, yeah. 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 Just, just sure write in the will. comments what your thoughts are. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> um, Kevin DeYoung, ta- he's basically talking about uh, what Luther um, described, the, the theology of the cross and yeah. the theology of glory. And, and Luther's point was that... Um, all of us want to find a way to get a ladder to the to glory now. Um, we, we don't want the cross. We don't want the theology of the cross. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to be persecuted. We want yeah. the goodness now, and, and we want to try to find a way to get that. And it doesn't appear that what Jesus described for the church and for his followers, uh, that's coming, but it's not but it's here. Not now. And, and, and it, it, if, unless we get that shifted in our mind. But um, because we've experienced yeah. as Christians in sure. this country for several hundred years— um, the Christianity without challenge, even Christianity with prosperity, it's, right. re- it's really hard it is. for us to accept this, that this could be true for us too. Right. I, and so I think it hasn't done us any favors. Like it, it, in one sense, yeah. you look at God and you thank him every day that you got to be born into a country like you did, that where Christianity, we can go worship where we want, when we want to, how we want to. Like that's legit. And we, and we rightly go to the gift giver and go like, thank you. But at the same time, you're like, that hasn't done us any favors, like for what we're coming into now and how we're thinking. I agree, and we mistake it for glory. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean it's 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 good. Yeah. I like it, right. but it's not it's not the same as what we're looking yeah. forward to. Really, doesn't yeah. even compare. Yeah. No, where you've got like the church in China, you've got the church. You can look at almost any other place on the map and be like, they get it. <laughs> like right. they they understand, but we're the ones who who have a hurdle here with this. Yeah. Well, and I would say they're experiencing God on a whole different level. Whole different than level. we are. Yeah. Um, you know, half the time we we mistake just the good things we enjoy on an everyday basis as as enjoying God, and it's probably idolatry, and we just don't recognize sure. totally. it. As such. <laughs> we're probably guilty of sin. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So we're at a deficit because of where we live. Yeah, we're yeah. just putting yeah. up and cows everywhere. And yeah, Thank yeah. You, no, we love the stuff so much, yeah. and it's like, oh, where'd this come from? I don't know, but I love it. That's yeah. great. You know, we're not even aware of <laughs> Thanksgiving last <Yeah>. week. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Well, two two interesting perspectives. One perspective of you know the church needs to be out in the forefront of society, you know, fighting you know to make things better, and and then another perspective just reminding us about you know the theology of, of the cross, which is you know suffering and, and death and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, you know, just very uh, different perspectives. And so, just uh, to jump into maybe just a couple questions uh, that were swirling around in my mind after reading these perspectives. Um, maybe speaking to pastors here for just a moment, but what what does leadership look like for pastors? How, how do pastors lead? Like the, the the world has this idea of leadership that you know you've got to be an alpha male and um, you know be a visionary and have some charisma and a big personality and ability to draw a crowd and those kinds of things. Um, but but what what how would the Bible define leadership for pastors? Do you think? I mean, b- bottom line, end of the day, like a, a a pastor leader is always doing this. 
Like, <laughs> like we're leading yeah, people pointing to, out for those that can't see to him. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm pointing up. I'm pointing up. Primary where we do that is through the faithful teaching and proclamation of God's word. Right. Like it's it's we're truth tellers. Right. And and uh, and so that that's what I would say. Like a like a a pastor leader does. That's his primary job is to tell the truth. Right. It's um and that's according to how. Jesus defines truth, yeah. not how. Yeah, I mean, so. when you think of the word pastor, it just means shepherd. It means shepherd, and, yeah. And, and so we're called to shepherd the flock of God, yeah. and we're, we're called to do it in a way that isn't heavy-handed or, right. or lording over them. Yeah. So the, the idea of being humble and being a servant and all those things apply to what we are. Right. But at the same time, there's an authority a pastor carries. It's not an authority that we have within ourselves, right. but that comes from God and comes from his word, yeah. that, that we can walk with a confidence and a boldness and an, an assuredness of like, who we are as the church and where we're going and, 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 and hopefully give that as a comfort to Christians, you know, yeah. comfort the afflicted. Well, again, it's a confidence in him. It's a boldness Absolutely. in him. Like right. ev- everything points up. Like if it doesn't, then we just have neat characteristics. So, so like yeah. one is like, what's the leadership all about? It's all about the proclamation of Christ. Right. But then how we do it is, right. you know, that we do it humbly and right. we do it meekly, but we also do it confidently. Sure. Yeah, we also absolutely. do it boldly. It, like it, it's That's, all these things we talked about earlier yeah. thrown into a blender. Right, yeah. like that's the, bold, the, the boldness we get is wrong. not in our, in our personality. The boldness is in the authority of Scripture, and that's totally, where right? that's the where when I when, God. when I see some of those leaders out there that are these kind of uh, you know larger than life characters that yeah. that are almost there's an arrogance, there's a yeah, totally. there's a lack of charity. Totally. Um, that's frightening to me. And then I've seen mousy, oh yeah, people where it's like it doesn't even seem like you believe. No, they apologize for everything like, that they're sure, saying, anything and, that like, you're talking about right now, right? Yeah. And so. And again, some people can't help that. Like some people are just, they're just born that way. Right. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it, it's okay. It's okay to have like a confidence in, in who it is you're proclaiming. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 then, and of course, Paul says this to Timothy. That's one of the things he tells him. Right. Yeah. I mean, not, not, you know, jumping ahead, but like, like, don't let anyone like shame you. Right. For yeah, your age down on you. or anything like, because what you have hasn't been given to you by right. then. Like, and he tells them like to be an example yeah, in all yeah. areas of life, even, even as a young person. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. the pr- proclamation of Jesus is your wild card. So like, right. don't worry about what, you know, people think or don't think. Or, right. And in that sense of being an example as pastors, then that there's a sense in which we have to model for the people that are under our care, what it looks like to, to, to live in this world sure. and, and when to make a stand and when to be, you know, quiet and, and how to be godly and humble and, and st- make a stand for righteousness, all those yeah. things that that's the stuff that we should, you know, kind of be the first ones leading the charge and then teaching our people what that looks like to engage yeah, in the world in a, in a way that, you know, um, is accomplishing salt and light and the great commission of things we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, do pastors have an obligation to lead in society? Like kind of the pastor activist is, is that an obligation to pastors? But who said that? I'm, that's my question. I'm, I'm just I'm just curious. You know, it seems to be that there's kind of this expectation almost that the pastors would be out in front of the culture wars, leading the charge. You know, with whatever you know the hot button issues are. And I guess my question to you is: as pastors, are we obligated to do that biblically, or not? I, I just look at the First Timothy passage in chapter three. It, it tells us. Uh, that the the elder or pastor uh, must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace into the snare of the devil. Yeah. So the only thing I really see that's given in the in the qualifications is the idea that we have a good reputation with the world, uh, with the, yeah. the people outside. So the way we conduct ourselves with respect, with... Um, it means being soft, Brent. 
Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not being. That's how a lot of people look at it. Maybe not being the loudest person in the room all the time. But <laughs> uh, I don't mean that. Like I wasn't. That wasn't a hit at you. I'm sorry, David. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I oh, really, I got it loud and clear. <laughs> it really wasn't a shot, man. Shots fired. Uh, but I, I, that's what I think of is like, if we're going to lead, there's this idea of representing as an ambassador of Christ well in our communities. That's probably where I would sure. land. Yeah. So that makes sense. Well, I even think of like. Um, you know, the famous question of the coin um, with Jesus, like, and they're, they're trying to skirt taxes. You know? yeah. <laughs> they're like, look at the, you know, like, yeah, why, why in the world is our money going to this dude who yeah. hates people like us? He hates you. He hates Jews. He hates, you know, he, like, what are we doing giving this dude anything? He's like, whose picture's on it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, Jesus knew how he had an opportunity right there to, discourse or whatever you want to say. And I hate, I don't want to argue on what's not there, but at the same time, like, it's kind of the obvious to me. Like he didn't, he didn't ever promote an idea of like, yeah, you're right. Like that needs to be changed. Right. So like, let's make a statement, <laughs> like stop giving him your money. Sure. No, he's like, who, who, whose, whose names on, you know, faces on here. This is like his kingdom. Like give him that stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and I think we just, we get that throughout the whole thing. We never have this promotion to go and, and completely upset, you know, charge the capital right. when things don't look the way that a Christian thinks that they should look. Yeah. And so I, I totally agree that, that when it comes to our interaction and how we teach people to interact with society, um, that there's a, there's a third way. <laughs> yeah. there, there's, a, there's a way in which we can actually quietly and confidently and boldly go about our lives, interact with people, and make a huge statement that actually does something more. Right. Than charging the capital. Colossians yeah. 4. Agreed. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking first, first Timothy 2, even, where he says, First of all, I urge that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all people. And what he means is like, no matter who they are, or how prominent they are, or what right. kind of position they're in, because he goes on to say, uh, for kings and for all who are in high positions. So even those people that we hate, it would even be a Caesar, like someone that you'd be like, this dude doesn't deserve any prayer. Right. Like he's as godless as they get, right? They, and then he goes on to say that we may, this is why the prayer should be made for all people, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And you might think like, gosh, Paul's being soft. Like this dude's a wuss, yeah. and he's teaching Timothy to be a wuss. And it's like, no, he's teaching Timothy like the way, you know? Right. Like this is what it looks like to be a Christian. And he says, this is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people, no matter where they're found, no matter what position they hold, no matter how evil they are, to come to a knowledge of him. Right. Like that's, that's and we do it by being peaceful and dignified in the way that we interact. Yeah. So it's, it's right the on. opposite. We, all, we all oftentimes think we need to flex a muscle somehow to make a change. And the Christianity never promotes that. Well, it, right. But I the, agree. the muscle that's to be flexed is always going to be the proclamation of the right. word. Yeah, that's the gospel. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. so when, when we, that's, I guess, what Christians need to learn, that we, we're, we need to speak the truth. Yes. That's not, that's not you know, optional. Um, but the way we go about it, speaking it in love. And, and I think as, as time goes on, as we're seeing our culture shift and stuff like that, we're going to sound weirder and weirder when we stand on the truth of God's word. Sure, sure. When we say, no, this is traditional marriage and, and this is the only thing that God accepts. And no, this is the only thing God accepts as far as, you know, roles of leadership and things like that. I mean, we're going to look weirder and weirder mm -hmm. as this goes, but we don't have to, 
you know, we're not being obnoxious when we preach the, the truth of God's word. We're just being faithful to Him. Right. So. Yeah, and I think a lot of times the church tends to pick the wrong fight, which is what you guys are, are getting at. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're not we're not mandated to, to lead the charge in the culture wars. Um, you know, that's just not the church's fight to engage in. You know, the church's fight to engage in fight. Maybe that's not the, not the right word, but like the Great Commission. No, I, I think you're right. About, right. I think we like to fight. I just don't think we know how to fight well. Like right. we we don't <laughs> want to fight the way God has told us to fight it. Right? right, which is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Yeah. Like there, there's prayer war, there's air war, <laughs> there's gospel war. Like right. those are where like there's love war through the gospel. Sure, right because of the gospel. But we're looking at that and going, that's, that's not that's a stupid fight. Like right. I want to pull someone's hair out. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. We just we just don't like the fight that God's given us, so we go and create different ones. Yeah. Uh, we, we fight dirty. Ooh, <laughs> we fight dirty. That, that'd be a good title. Yeah, we yeah, fight we'll dirty. edit that later. Um, okay, last question. Um, we've already kind of touched upon this, but but how concerned should pastors be about offending people, and when is it right or wrong to offend? And I know like we've already touched on it, but um, you know, just as we think about kind of our role as pastors, as as, as uh, truth tellers, proclaimers of the gospel, people that stand up in front of a congregation every week uh, and proclaim you know God's truth. Um, how, how concerned should we be about offending, and when is it right or wrong to offend? Yeah, I think we already talked about this because well, like there's a difference between what you're saying being being the message being offensive or the messenger being offensive in the way he's doing right. it, and that's where we need to be. Yeah, like, I like that. Galatians one ten. Um, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. I think that has to be in our minds all the time as Christians and pastors. Yeah. Um, you know, you got you to choose who you're serving and who you're trying to please. And, and if we're trying to please people, and I'm pretty good at that, um, it's going to change everything you say and how you go about doing things and all that. But once you make up your mind that, like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in gaining that approval, I want to gain... God's approval first and right. foremost, then you're going to preach faithfully what he's given us to preach yeah. without apology. And that's the cool thing. When you get to that point where you realize, you know, we don't have to apologize for the goodness of God's word. It's true. It's right. good. It's right. Um, you know, it's what our soul needs. It's the best thing we can offer people. And, so we and, don't have to be obnoxious yeah. about it. Yeah. But yeah. man, this is, these are the words of life that we're, we're offering to people. This is living water. This is, and know, we know that it's, it's ultimately because of love that we say, the things that are offensive that we right know are going to rub people wrong. Yeah. Like, so, so we're not doing them a disservice. It's not mean right. or unkind. Well, it should be. It's mean or unkind to withhold <laughs> something that someone really needs to hear. Yeah. And so like, yeah, you're fine pastors. Yeah. <laughs> if you're preaching the word of God. Hopefully it comes across right in that thing. loving way though. Cause I think it yeah. makes all the difference in the world. When somebody sees well, right, your yeah. delivery yeah. matters, yeah. when they see that care and concern, cause I don't see that with a lot of these guys I that agree. are out there right now, when they see that care and concern and love for their soul, um, and, and you're still saying the hard things that they don't want to hear. It, it changes things. No, you, again, you can, you can hear someone saying something mm-hmm. that, that you need and, um, and think they don't believe it themselves or they don't mean it, right? right? Um, and then you can, see, you can see the truth of that word, the, the care and concern of, of that truth statement line up with the way that somebody says it and know that, that they believe this. Like, yeah. you know, it's being said in the right way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the word of God in and of itself is, is offensive enough, and it doesn't need your help. In, as, in as other words, we should to wield more offensive. Yes, right. <laughs> we should wield our swords carefully. Right. We shouldn't just flail them around like yeah. like wild people. You <laughs> right. know, which some people are doing. Right. Yeah. Sir Lancelot. And yeah. Holy Grail. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pull it out like a do. Pull it out like a ninja, so it makes that noise, and then you bring it up. And you're, you it's know. only a flesh wound. <laughs> this is supposed to be a happy occasion. Yeah. <laughs> That's all my wife could think about on Sunday when I was preaching <laughs> yeah. through the, you know, 
your arm cut you, cause you yeah, a yeah. sink, cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> All she could think about the yeah. whole time. Monty Python. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. Just this torso <laughs> sitting there. Well, on that note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, uh, 2 Timothy Let's 2. 2 Timothy 2, 22 to 26. Uh, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So just a good reminder about how uh, Christians and pastors ought to engage society. Yeah, it's good. No doubt. Amen. Yeah, when you guys want to pray. I'm the loudest one in the room, so you... <laughs> I'll pray quietly and meekly. All right. <laughs> uh, Father, thank you for um, who we get to be as Christians, Lord, representatives of, of Christ, and help us to do that well. We, we know that we um, our flesh gets in the way, and, and, and we, we disappoint very often, but we pray that your Spirit would shine through this church and in this location and the location in Lapine into the community, that people would see... Um, really you, that they would see your love through us, that they would see your truth through us, Lord, that we wouldn't um, compromise on what your word says because it is wonderful and it's what everybody needs to hear. Um, so just give us a boldness um, that comes from knowing you and a love for people that, that uh, also comes from knowing you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.